Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of On a Journey with WeWork. This is the second season of our podcast series and we've been talking about all things sports. There are no two ways about the fact that India worships cricket, but we have a man with us today who's changing the scene and how. Ladies and gentlemen, I can barely contain my excitement as I welcome Mr. Scott Levy, Managing Director and Executive Vice President of the National Basketball Association for Asia. Scott has been working with the NBA since 1996 and over the years has been responsible for taking the league global with a game-changing broadcast experience and expansion setup. Let's jump right in. Scott, welcome to the show. Super super thrilled and excited. I'm very happy to be here, Vinita. Appreciate the invitation and thanks for your interest in the NBA. Just to give you a little context, I used to play basketball for school, and this was way back. And I used to love the game, and I, I still play ball. You know, me and my wife, we we still play basketball whenever we get a chance. My wife had the honor of representing her state in the country. But big fans of the sport, we we love what you guys are doing, and we love the experience that NBA has created now in India. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, I also played when I was younger. I didn't quite get to the levels that you just described, but. Still, really enjoy playing with uh, colleagues at work, but with my friends and and also with my boys, who are now bigger than me, so I don't get to beat them anymore either. <laughs> That's amazing. Going back to before NBA, if I'm correct, you used to be an advertising man, right? Before you entered the sporting world, and I've been an ad man myself, and I, I'm super interested in knowing about your story before your move. Um, and I, if I'm right, you were at McCann uh, before you got into the NBA. Sure. Yeah, I worked in a few different agencies. Most recently, uh, McCann Erickson, and you know, I think my story starts a little bit earlier than than that. It was after university. I had the chance to go to London and work there for six months, and it was my first time spending any time outside the U.S. Really, outside the New York area, and started to meet a really, uh, really interesting people that had all these experiences from different countries and traveled and different cultures and. Kind of realized that, that there was a big world out there that I hadn't had the chance to experience yet. So I did a little traveling after that, worked my way around Europe. And then when I got back to the U.S. and was about to start my career, my focus was I want to find a job that will allow me to continue to travel. But I still had to find a job. You know, I can't be so picky at the beginning. I was able to to, to land a job in advertising, and I worked at a few agencies, but migrated eventually when I got to McCann Erickson. I took an international media role. And that was the first time uh, I, re- I had a role where I had to understand uh, business outside the U.S. In, in different countries. I was working on clients such as Coca-Cola and Nike that had these far-flung operations, and I was talking to their, you know, their businesses in each of these countries. But after a couple of years, you know, I wasn't traveling, so I was now kind of becoming an international expert, but yet I hadn't spent a lot of time in any of these countries, so. I left and bought a one-way ticket to Beijing with my wife, and we spent the next six months backpacking through China, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, and along the way, kind of knocked on the door of everybody I had spoken to through the business world and said, "Hey, remember me? I was the guy that used to call. Now I'm here, and you tell me about you know what it is unique about this country and how do you operate and what I should know." And I got to experience the cultures, the people. Uh, while simultaneously kind of getting some training about, you know, what what each of these countries, what was unique, what was interesting, and, and how it could be successful. 
then luckily for me, I came back after that trip and called a few of my contacts in the industry, one of them being uh, at the NBA. They happened to need an international advertising executive at that moment. And serendipity, I was able to, to take a job there. Nice. I mean, one of the big features of uh, being in an advertising world is, is you meet so many people across different countries, especially in a role that you were. Advertising allows you to connect with a lot more people, I feel, as compared to other jobs, because you get access to so many clients, so many clients across region, and you get to learn so much more. You know, COVID-19 has affected the world, but sports is slowly making a comeback. We did see um, the IPL get maximum coverage, playing that whole sport in a bubble. But before that, NBA had done it like no one else, right? You created an NBA bubble where 22 teams came together for three months. How difficult was it? And one, I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. I want to understand from, from obviously the business perspective, how difficult was it to manage this whole thing logistically? But how difficult was it to convince people to get the sport back on track? This would be the athletes, the support staff, everyone who's involved, uh, because you knew that that was essential also, not just for NBA as a whole, but for everyone to get distracted and come back and watch the most loved sports in America, which is which is basketball and not just in America and across the world. So how difficult was it, you know, working this out, convincing people and working and making this whole structure come into place? It was very difficult. You know, even now, there are so many unknowns. There are so many things that we have to think about on a day-to-day basis. But if you go back to that period of time, if you go back four, five, six months, it just had never been done before. Didn't even know if it was possible to create an environment that was truly safe for our players, for our, our employees, and, um, and, and to, to execute this in, in any way. And, and a lot of people were questioning whether it was even the right thing to do at the time and whether the focus should be on uh, getting the games back on or or on something else. So I have been here in Asia the whole time. So I was not, I did not attend the bubble and uh, I didn't spend a whole lot of time developing the bubble, but I'm very close with those who did. Just an absolutely incredible job in anticipating virtually everything that could come up, preparing uh, for every eventuality. And, and then, as you said, talking to the players and making sure they understood that this was going to be a safe environment, that we were going to make it as comfortable for them as they possibly could. Um, and then the players had to endure tremendous hardship as well. I mean, if you think about the teams that were into the end, Miami and, and Los Angeles, they were in the bubble for 90 days or more. You know, it's very taxing on your mental health and your physical health to, to be isolated like that. Even if you have mobility within the bubble, like our players did, still a, a very different day-to-day experience. and. Uh, from what they've been going through for years, being away from their family. So um, it's incredible achievement uh, to get it done. And, you know, we had tremendous access to medical professionals and, you know, cutting edge, cutting edge technology to deliver an experience for our fans uh, that allowed them to really be immersed in the game. But we also appreciate that so many people are still going through a very difficult time and you know, we're hopeful that, you know, the NBA games and following the season allow people to, you know, to step away from what is a both personally and professionally a very difficult time. And, and hopefully we can continue that as we start our season up in December again. Right. And do you think this whole conversation about mental health has come up more to the forefront during the pandemic, and especially with um, sportsmen or sports people, you know, 
staying in a bubble cause them emotional distress sometimes and you know because of the confinement you know sports allow you to be free and mostly for like basketball players or soccer players you know they like being outdoors they like being fit you know doing their jogs doing their exercises but um, you know now this bubble causes you to be in some sort of confinement and do you think mental health again i know in sports there was not a lot of conversation around uh, mental health in the recent past but suddenly we we are seeing people being very vocal about it do you think this whole situation has made it come a lot more to the forefront uh, i think that's true uh, you know we we've had you know even going back to uh, more than a year ago we've had players like demar derozan and and kevin love uh, publicly talk about the challenges that they have had with depression um, and mental health and our commissioner adam silver um, he has spoken broadly about this topic we have within our board of governors our ownership group uh, a group that focuses on this not only for our players and athletes but for the broader population and i think a, a lot of people whether they be athletes or you know or you and i or anybody else we've all um, had to live uh, you know differently from what our normal experiences are we've all been confined to our homes for periods of time we've all had to change our routines and you know getting kind of hit on a day-to-day basis with sometimes depressing news and not sure when this is all going to end. So I, I think it's shown a really shine a spotlight on mental health in general. And, you know, we at the NBA, we want to play a lead role in that. We want to make sure people understand that it's okay to talk about these things and it's okay to seek help so that you can uh, work your way, uh, work your way through the challenges and continue on with, with your life. It's uh, it's not something that needs to be put in the shadows. And talking about the players, it's it's always heartening to see how so many players in the NBA have have played such a leading role in in racial justice, voting rights, education. Talking about mental health, while some might purely see it as a political conversation, but for a lot of fans uh, like me, do you think this is also important for players to come and talk about these aspects? is extremely important especially with the amount of following they have and because role models are not just about being on court but it's also about um how they're looking at the environment outside the court as well so i mean what 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 is your opinion about that you know i think this is who the nba is and has been going back to our founding uh, our players uh, have always been active they've been involved they've been vocal and and this is something that is supported uh, by our ownership group and our and our leadership team, that you know our players are individuals. They're not just basketball players, and they have opinions and they have interests and they have passions. And you know if that is social justice, we support um, their involvement. If that's something else, we support their involvement in that as well. You know, so many of our players have tremendous followings on social media, and that allows them to, to you know to have an audience and people who care about what they think. And if they want to use that, you know, that podium to uh, try to make the world a better place, then that's that's fantastic. And they're going to continue to do that. And now, you know, we working with, uh, you know, our owners, our board of governors have started the, uh, you know, a foundation raised three hundred million dollars to contribute to to social justice initiatives. So um, this is a, a player thing. This is an owner thing. This is a league thing. This this is in our DNA. And uh, we're going to try to make the world a better place as much as we can, in addition to putting on you know, a great quality sporting property. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing and heartening to hear. I think 
like i said i mean uh, the, these are role models and we look up to them for for various aspects of life not just sports and and you know giving them that freedom to be able to talk about stuff and also give their opinion is is great for all youngsters who are following them coming back scott to your to your role as senior vice president for international tv and marketing partnerships you took nba broadcast if i'm right to over 200 countries and in about 40 languages how have you managed to oversee this expansion i mean i'm sure you have some fun stories interesting stories when you're expanding to certain geographies especially taking it uh, you know to places where the game had a little bit of followership but now with your broadcast par- partnerships it's it's gone to another level tell us more about that first just for those who are sticklers countries and territories i know there's only 197 countries officially in the world but but we we throw in some uh, countries and territories there but i had the the good fortune of joining the nba at a time when our the the international business was just starting to really grow so i joined in 1996 it was just a few years after the barcelona olympics and um there was uh players were starting to come in you know Dirk Nowitzki came into the league in 1998 a few years after that Pau Gasol came into the league a few years after that Yao Ming came into the league um and there were players joining us from from countries all over the world you know at that time I I came in in international advertising eventually expanded my remit to to programming sales and my job was to travel around the world and to you know represent a property that I had a tremendous amount of passion for that was a very high quality product that people understood because basketball was played in schools there are local leagues in virtually every country and you know having already earlier expressed my my personal passion for understanding other cultures and meeting people from around the world it was just a, a true dream opportunity for me so you know whether you know going to turkey and and having lunch at a cafe on the bosphorus or sitting through a 10 course meal in beijing and trying to understand the language that's being spoken and the food that's being served uh or watching a barca game in barcelona with uh you know a potential partner and you know these are tremendous experiences that i'm so lucky that i've had but that was my job so you know as much as i enjoyed those i had to make sure i left those countries with some new partnerships in place and make sure that you know it was really about the right content the right partnership so my desire to learn about turkey and china and spain allowed for me to come back and say all right here's how we should produce our content here's how we should distribute it here's what will work in each of these countries so that we can continue to build a following while our product is truly american and 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 taking place 29 teams in the us one in canada um that's our product but the way it's consumed in each of these countries can be different and this is where our players are are incredibly helpful i mean their personal interest in fashion in music in technology in gaming their authenticity you know a little bit later down the road on social media when that became available um it just allowed so many connection points for people to follow the nba and get interested in following the game and then our athletes on the court it's just spectacular uh so once you start watching the nba every year there's a bunch of new players that come into the league we have our draft and there'll be a bunch of new players coming in there so it's not repetitive every time you get somebody else you want to follow some other form of content you can engage in and uh i was just happy to be you know kind of the pipe pipe running around and telling everybody about it 
That's amazing. I I think after this podcast, you you're leaving a lot of people jealous, wanting your job uh, because of the experiences that you've just mentioned. I've I've seen actually NBA grow from a broadcast perspective in India. Um, you know, you you had to log on to the internet to watch games, and from there on, coming into broadcasting straight here. Um, I think it's been phenomenal the change. Um, you did speak about Yao Ming, and you know now we have Rui Hachimura. Asia is a huge continent, right? With countries Japan, Philippines, China. um and the game has seen a tremendous increase in following what are you seeing across the continent that gives you a sense of optimism not just from a a broadcasting perspective but also from the development of basketball in these in these uh, countries countries around the world are are just getting smarter about uh living healthy and active lifestyles and sport plays a really important role and and you to play sport even if you don't have the aspiration or the ability to reach the highest level of sport sport can become a really important part of your life what we're seeing is the development of local infrastructure in many countries in, in india you know several sports leagues have launched and not the ipl you know maybe 15 years ago but then you've seen kabaddi and you've seen field hockey and a greater desire for participation and consumption of sport and we're seeing that all around the world in, in vietnam they've recently started a youth and college program where universities for the first time will develop teams and play against each other at the college level they've started a local basketball league as well there's now a regional southeast asian league there's uh you may have heard we we've announced the beginning of the basketball africa league you know we're we're really focused on participation and having kids come out and realize that sport is fun and when we coach basketball that's what we want to leave them with that experience that you know running around with their friends is a really fun time and maybe i want to get better maybe play on the high school team or like your wife play on the national team but it doesn't have to continue that way and i still play sport and i still love it so that the the local support the people that have gotten involved in basketball in each of these countries very influential businessmen and and government support uh even in India again you know it varies state to state but we're seeing more investment coming from the government to support the development of sport to allow more people to play to make sure there's more infrastructure in place there's courts and schools or you know public parks uh and so that's why we're we're engaged with all this and then and then the last piece that's really encouraging is just the continued development of of digital and access that people have so you can participate as you said you know we're not we don't have to struggle to find the game when it's on television you can watch it on on TV or you can follow highlights on your digital assets or you can engage in a two-way conversation with many athletes now uh through their twitter or social handles so uh just so many positive aspects about association with sport continuing to develop yeah and that's amazing and i i know you spoke about you touched india a little bit and i want to get into more details into that conversation you know we finally hosted the first nba event in mumbai last year and it was amazing the country has immense viewership for cricket we know that but over the last few years viewership has opened to other sports as well you know you have kabaddi you have european football and now nba talk to us about the challenges in bringing nba specifically to india i mean we yes we will get into more conversations about how we need to get this going on the grassroots level because i i feel the sports uh the sport of basketball needs so much more attention at the grassroots level as well to push out more athletes but what were your initial challenges 
to get this whole spot into India? You know, access is a big one. Uh, making sure that people have a chance to to see the game, to participate the game, to learn about the game. So you really have to build a complete ecosystem uh, within the country because I mean, what on the positive side, you know, India is an incredibly young population and obviously a very large population. It's a growing middle class. There's more, you know, disposable income, which means greater desire for entertainment, more free time. And all of these things are encouraging to the future. But, you know, for us, it was about making sure that at a young age, you had an opportunity to, to play and enjoy the sport. So, you know, we started with a program in partnership with Reliance, you know, the, the junior Reliance Junior NBA program. That's for five to 14-year-old kids. And again, this is about just go out and, and have fun, right? This is not about, do you want to become an NBA player? So, you know, it's about teaching the kids, but it's about teaching the, the teachers because the kids' interaction is not going to be with a professional NBA coach. It's going to be with the teacher that may be also teaching them math or humanities or science and doesn't really know how to be a coach because that's that's a real skill set is to be a coach. So we want to spend time with these teachers and explain to them, this is how you encourage kids to want to do this. This is how they have a good experience and make sure that they have the skills that they can teach with the kids around sport, but hopefully they take those skills when they go into the classroom as well. But then we also wanted to build a pathway. So it's about participation, but it's also about competition. So uh, we've partnered with India on track and created basketball schools around the country. So that if you want to, after you finish school, you want to keep developing your skills, you can go to one of these programs. And then uh, ACG, we've, part of, we've created a rising stars program. So the kids that are kind of getting better, we want to give them an additional pathway to kind of really, really refine their skills and maybe get noticed uh, by scouts and and maybe as some have, uh, several have, move into the NBA Academy in India. And uh, now we have more than uh, 15 kids that have come through the Academy, both boys and girls, have now gone to the U.S. either in high school or university uh, on full full packages that to play basketball in these schools. So developing that pathway from five years old all the way to be able to take your take it to the highest level. And we have, you know, the true success story so far is Principal Singh, who joined the G League on the Ignite team. And now he's playing professionally uh, in the U.S., whereas five years ago, he wouldn't have had that pathway uh, to learn the skills or to get noticed and be able to make that transition. So that's the role we want to play is to make sure that you enjoy it at the beginning. And then if you decide you want to pursue it, you can take it as far as you're capable of taking it. Yeah, and that's amazing because I've always wondered, almost every school in India has a basketball court. And, you know, they might not have heard about the NBA, but everyone plays the sport. There's there's a lot of interest in, in basketball across um, schools across India. And yet, I've always wondered why there are just three Indians who managed to chart a path to professional basketball in the US, right? And we, we are a country that, that it's not known for creating out-of-the-world athletes, but we have created across various segments of the sports. And um, it was always surprising to me. And I honestly feel that this and the way that you guys are doing in in setting the academy up and all the stuff that you're doing at the grassroots level, I think is obviously going to help. And I think we'll see more of more Principal Singhs. We'll see more Satnam Singh, Vamrayanam, Jyot across uh, the league, not just in India, but across the world. 
just talking about the business side of things scott you know you have a bird's eye view over everything from players to marketing to events distribution sponsors uh, partnering with the governments so i i thought you'd be the best person to talk about what goes into making any sports larger than life from creating a brand i mean there there can be a sport or a sporting action that can exist and people can watch it but you know making it larger than life making it into a big brand that you know people have followership for and not just uh, from a business side of things also you can attribute so much more to it once it becomes a big brand i just wanted to pick your brain on what goes into turning a game into a global experience most of our fans never have the opportunity to be in an nba arena and and watch a game right especially when we're talking about our international fans uh it, it's a very unique opportunity to be able to fly to the US and and to go to a game. So we really have to figure out the best way to bring the game to them. And you know, when you think about basketball, you think about so many different things, some of which I touched on earlier, but um we want to make sure that our fans have an opportunity to experience all there is to experience about an NBA game and if you, even if you can't be in the arena. So of course that starts with, you know, the most compelling highlights and action from the game and you know our players deliver that on a day-to-day basis we want to make sure that's available um but then it's all the other things that they have if you if you uh you know follow the NBA on social handles you'll see the players walking into the arena and we'll be talking about what they're wearing and you know the players have embraced this right they they think about what they're going to wear before they walk in because they have a statement to make and many of them now have endorsement deals with fashion lines because they are uh leaders in the fashion world and, and uh represent that when they walk in. Gaming is another one. Think about our partners like 2K and EA. Uh that's another aspect and again our players are avid 2K uh players. So when the the new game is announced, first thing they do is they look at their rating. And yeah. if they don't feel their rating's high enough, then they start talking about that on social and there's another conversation. Again, that brings gamers into the 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 conversation as well. There's music. I mean, people say that if you're a musician you want to be a basketball player if you're a basketball player you want to be a musician uh be you watch our games and sitting in the front row are all the the, the most popular performers you know from now and and beyond and there's there's true unique engagement between our players they know each other they socialize outside uh it's not just for show on social media they're they're truly friends they they sing about nba players in their songs so When we talk about the brand NBA, it just means so many things to so many people and uh you know our marketing team does a tremendous job of thinking about how to really uh make those things feel personal to you and and tie you to the game. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you pointed this out because this this is a good segue into my next question. There is obviously a lot of interesting work around basketball. Um you know, we take the example of Bill Simmons and the Ringer, the MJ story, the Last Dance. the work Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson do with with all the smoke and of course the link to the sneaker culture right so does this coziness with the counter culture help in making the nba such a huge hit with millennials and gen z do you think that plays a huge huge role well i, I know counter culture is often um being ahead of the curve uh you know uh, sneaker heads at one point were kind of off somewhere and people didn't really understand them Now sneaker culture is mainstream, right? The number of of um, you know uh, on e-commerce uh, outlets for for sneakers and the the content 
that is being created around the sneaker culture. Um, everybody's aware of it. And you know, so many people participated, including our players. There was got PJ Tucker in particular, uh, you know, he talked about bringing hundreds of sneakers into the bubble with him, uh, which was, uh, I thought very interesting, but, but yeah, I mean, we, we are generally ahead of the curve on, on culture and uh, our players and again, musicians and, you know, everybody that's doing something unique, uh, we want to embrace them and we want to be part of that. And we want them to be part of what we're doing. And, you know, I think our players are trendsetters in so many different ways. And we definitely, as I said before, we encourage them to be who they are, to speak what they want to speak and really be themselves. And we think that helps them be, you know, be better people and be happier people. And, and hopefully that contributes to greater performance on the court as well. That's amazing. Just coming to the end of um, this court, um, something Stephen A. Smith always alludes to is how basketball is a team sport. But the NBA has always been driven and sustained by big personalities, be it Will, Bird, Magic, MJ. You know, in light of that, what are your thoughts on Kobe and the example he has left for millions of kids uh, picking up a basketball in a corner of the world, right? I mean, he's been an inspiration. Um, no conversation around basketball can be um, over without a mention of him. And I mean, it's it's obviously left us with a huge loss, but how do you think he's impacted um, has he taken the game to the next level when he was around? Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to uh, to see Kobe live uh, many times. Uh, saw him win a few championships. Kobe started his uh, NBA career just a couple of days before I started my NBA career. We took different paths, but uh, you know, my whole career, Kobe, Kobe was there, and you know, obviously, you know what he did on the court. Uh, speaks for itself, you know, winning five titles, MVPs, uh, all-star appearances. But um, it really was incredible what he started to do uh, after his career. Uh, the, you know, diverse nature of his interests, uh, winning winning awards, uh, you know, after just kind of dipping his toe in the water and just trying things. And he was uh, very curious and meeting with people about business opportunities. He was very engaged in in the WNBA and and making sure that women around basketball and sport in general had equal opportunity. He was just really uh, contributing in so many ways off the court, you know, before the, the tragic loss and, you know, for his family to have to, to go through that. It's just tragic, but, but his, his legacy is going to absolutely live on, on the court and, um, and off the court. He, he did a lot of great things already that will continue to build even even without his his day to day presence, uh, we we all miss him a lot, and um, we're grateful for everything that he he contributed to the NBA and and beyond. Thank you so much. It you know it takes a lifetime worth of hard work and focus to create a community that engages with sports and accepts it as their culture. Scott, what an incredible journey of taking basketball to where it is today. I can safely speak for every person listening to the episode today that we cannot wait for the league to host the next playoffs in India. And I can also tell you that you're leaving a lot of jealous people behind after listening to this podcast. We envy you and the job that you have. But thank you for being with us today, Scott, and uh, sharing your journey. I think we wish you and the association all the best. But um, we really, really uh, were extremely excited to host you today um, and get this great insight that you've you brought with a new spot into this country. Congratulations on that. And I hope you, you had fun on this chat today. Thank you. Uh, I had a great time. Really appreciate uh, having this chat. 
And, uh, you know, we have a lot more we plan to do in India around the NBA and basketball. So hope everybody has a chance to get involved. Thanks. Uh, thanks for all the time. Thanks, Scott. Thank you.